Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Good morning and welcome again to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. This is Elder David Wise here with you, and we're very thankful to have you with us on the program today. We would invite you to return each week for this program, whether you listen through a radio or podcast or some other means, and we would warmly invite you to come worship with us in North Mississippi. The churches that produce and host this program are Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, We're at 11 Staten Road, north of Ackerman, Mississippi. And then we partner with Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church outside of Caledonia, Mississippi. We both meet for worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and see us on Sunday morning. And then we also have a joint worship meeting in Starkville, Mississippi at the New Covenant Church on 200 West Garrett Road, Starkville, Mississippi, every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. So we would invite you to come out and worship with us at those times if you have an opportunity and go to our website, gospel-of-grace.com. You can get caught up on past messages and listen to us, find links to our podcast. And also there are links to many of the radio messages on Macedonia's website, macedonia-pbc.org. And we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us, please email us and let us know that you're listening. We would love to hear from you answer your questions, or just get any feedback that you have and correspond with you. This morning, we hope to bring the final installment of our message on spiritual warfare that we have been considering for many months now during my time on the radio program. And we hope these messages have been a blessing to you, that they've been instructive to better understand our enemy, better understand his tactics and his devices, and then also understand the defenses that we have And then this morning, we'd like to consider overcoming faith, the enabling strength that God gives us in the midst of the spiritual warfare, and then ultimately our final victory. And just be reminded that Satan is a defeated foe, and ultimately we will triumph in this battle through Jesus Christ. So, Lord willing, this will be our last message on this topic, and we hope that the Lord has been honored and that you have been edified during our time together considering spiritual warfare And there's no greater blessing than just to know that maybe you are better equipped in your fight of faith than you were before we took this time together to consider God's word on this subject. And we certainly pray that that's been the case, that your shield of faith has been strengthened, that your sword of the spirit and the word of God has been sharpened, and that your diligence and fervence in prayer has become more devoted. And if that's the case, we thank the Lord for that. Please stay tuned for the message this morning. Good morning and welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast again. This is Elder David Wise here with you. And we've spent many weeks considering spiritual warfare together. And Lord willing, this will be our last message on that topic. We certainly hope that this has been instructive for you. You have a better understanding of the reality of the fight that we're in. And that hopefully these messages have equipped you better to fight in that fight of faith. 
So this morning, we'd like to focus on overcoming faith and then have somewhat of a summary and the reminder of our final victory that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. So I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 6, and we've talked about the armor of God. And I do want to note, we specifically talked about the sword of the Spirit. And if I was writing this, I would, this is not how the Holy Spirit put it, but if I was writing this, I would say, above all, taking the sword of the Spirit, right? I would say, above all, be prayerful. But actually, the above all that is attributed here in Ephesians chapter 6 by the Holy Spirit, above all, arguably the, the primary defense that we have in the spiritual warfare, talking about taking the whole armor of God, and then he says in verse 16, above all. So that puts this as a priority, right? Above all, taking the shield of faith. Now, the shield of faith, what's the purpose of it? Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So the shield of faith is put as a great priority in this fight of faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith. And if we walk around with that shield of faith, we should be able to quench many of Satan's attacks. This is something that hopefully can stir your mind to study on this a little bit more in depth because we won't be able to deal with it as thoroughly as I would like to. But God has given you something inside your heart in the new birth, in faith, that has the ability to encourage you and strengthen you. It will never finally be taken away, but we have something residing inside of us that can, if we work out what God has worked in, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, if we work out what God has worked in, then we have something inside of us that can overcome the world. We have something inside of us that cannot be corrupted, that if we are diligent to work it out faithfully in our life of discipleship, we can overcome the wicked devices of Satan. 1 John chapter 5 and in verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Now, we don't want to take this to an extreme position that some have that are beyond the context of this verse to say that if you're really a child of God, your faith will never falter at all. If you have any struggles, if you have any moments of doubt, if your faith is overthrown like some people that we find in the New Testament, then that means you never were really saved because if your faith doesn't overcome in their mind or in their estimation or in their perception, then you were never really saved. Well, that's not what this is teaching. Notice this doesn't say for whosoever is born of God. This says whatsoever. It's talking about the nature of God that dwells inside of God's children. It actually says in 1 John chapter 3 and in verse 9, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, wait a minute. If you read 1 John, you're going to find many other places where it says, if we say we don't sin, the truth is not in us. So over here it says, everyone's a sinner. If you say you don't sin, then you're a liar and the truth's not in you. But over here it says that he cannot sin. Well, what's that talking about? The nature of God in the new birth, the nature and the seed of Jesus, Christ in you, the hope of glory that dwells inside of you, that seed inside of you cannot sin. See, your soul, your regenerated soul cannot be corrupted. The seed of Jesus, the hope of glory that resides inside of you, that cannot be corrupted. 
And that is the whatsoever, not whosoever, but whatsoever, the, the character of Jesus that resides inside of you. There's no way that that can ever be corrupted. And if Jesus overcame the world and Jesus resides inside of you, then whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And what is the victory? Praise God, we are victors. We are conquerors through Jesus Christ. But what is the way that we latch on to that victory in this spiritual warfare and fight of faith? What's the way we latch on to that victory? By faith, right? By confidence and faith and trust in Jesus. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Now, when we talk about faith, there's vital faith that we have in the new birth that is the nature in our soul that can't be corrupted. But then there is active faith that is worked out in our life. We work out what God has worked in. You know, there are different times in the Gospels where Jesus says to the disciples, why is it that you have little faith? Oh, ye of little faith. There's times he tells the disciples, you have no faith. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean that they lost the integrity of the new birth in their heart? Well, no, of course not. That means in that moment, their faith was overcome. In that moment, their faith was not being boldly worked out in their life, you see? So faith that resides inside of us can be quenched in being carried out in an external way in our life of discipleship in the manner that it ought to. You know, it says in the New Testament to quench not the Spirit. I mean, we have the Spirit of God in our heart, right? I mean, you don't have the ability to extinguish or quench the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your soul, do you? No, you don't have the ability to do that. But what you do have the ability to do is quench the outworking of the Spirit and guidance of the Spirit in your life if you choose to follow the flesh instead of the Spirit, right? So it's a similar topic of quenching the Spirit and overcoming faith, you see? We have the Spirit. We have faith. Those That power resides inside of us. But just like we can quench the Spirit, we can quench faith. And one, one of the things that quenches faith is fear, right? If we get afraid, it quenches faith and it, and it diminishes our trust and confidence in God. But don't ever lose sight of the fact that there is something that dwells inside of you, child of God. There is something, a nature of faith that dwells inside of you that has total capacity and ability to overcome this world through Jesus Christ. And we want to be reminded of that. Amen? We want to be reminded that our faith is how we quench the fiery darts of the wicked. Our faith is how we overcome this world. By our faith, we have victory. You see, Jesus has overcome the world and Jesus resides inside of us so we can overcome the world if we let Jesus work through us, right? Now, I don't have time to dig into all this the way that I'd really like to, but I want to read these verses for you and I will readily admit that I do not understand the full context, the full meaning of what all these mean. But in Revelation chapter two and three, to the seven letters of the churches in Asia, he gives them commendations. He gives them rebukes for some of them and that you need to repent for some of them. But to every single one of them, he writes each letter a little bit different to each of those seven churches. But to every single one of these churches, he gives a promise to him that overcometh, okay? God gives a promise, seven promises to each of these churches, promises to him that overcomes. And for those that are diligent in this fight of faith, those that endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, those that fight faithfully every day and their faith is not quenched, but their faith grows and encourages others and glorifies God, 
For those that overcome, there are great and precious promises to those that overcome. And I do not understand the full spiritual significance of all of these things, but I know they're all really, really, really good, <laughs> right? These are good positions to be. So this is not saying that if you overcome, you're going to get a better station in heaven. You're going to have all these excess riches lavished on you in heaven. No, we're all joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and we're all going to be conformed to his image, and we're going to all enjoy heaven perfectly, not different classes or rewards in heaven. But if you overcome faithfully here in this world, God will give you special blessings in the kingdom. If you overcome in faith, God will give you special communion with him. And that's part of what he's describing here in these promises, these seven promises to them that overcome. And understand, as with much of the book of Revelation, this is very spiritual language. And I don't understand the full aspects of every single one of these promises. But I do know they are blessed places to be, okay? We'll begin in Ephesus, church in Ephesus, Revelation chapter two and verse seven. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. The tree of life is always speaking of Jesus Christ. You will have a special consumption, a special eating, a special fellowship with Jesus when you are overcoming. You know, think about those that suffer for righteousness sake those that are persecuted for righteousness sake. It says that you have a special fellowship and communion with Jesus in suffering that you don't have in prosperity. And if your faith overcomes in that moment, you know, there's some people that are good, sincere children of God, no doubt, that when they were being physically tortured, at least for a moment, they recanted. They recanted and said, I, I renounce Jesus because the physical pain was too much. But you know what? If you don't recant, if you remain faithful in the midst of that kind of suffering, then you have a special fellowship and communion with the tree of life in that moment, don't you? Think about Stephen. He saw Jesus, right? He's about to die. He saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God. He was eating of that tree of life when he was overcoming. There's some people, he, he could have thrown in the towel and, and bowed to the pressure and, and his faith could have faltered in that moment and said, yeah, I denounced Jesus. But no, his faith overcame and look at that special fellowship that he had with the tree. That he was eating of the tree of life, wasn't he? There at the end of Acts chapter seven, he was eating of the tree of life as Jesus was welcoming him into heaven. Revelation chapter two and in verse 11, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. If you overcome, that's evidence that you're a child of God and no child of God will have to suffer the second death in the lake of fire. To the church at Pergamos, to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna and will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knoweth saving he that receiveth. Now, again, this is a lot bigger topic, a lot bigger study, but if you study these seven churches of Asia, Jesus uses language that is specific to each individual location and city and church, and there is a lot of significance of the white stone and the names and the stone and the hidden manna to the church at Pergamos, just like there is with the individual language for every single church. But, I want you to see in much of these, these are blessings that you will receive that not everyone else will receive in discipleship, okay? Oh, to eat of the hidden manna, the hidden manna. Well, who's the manna pointing toward? It's Jesus Christ, right? 
So you will have a special communion with him. I will give him a white stone and a new name. The church at Thyatira, beginning in verse 26 of Revelation 2. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, remain faithful to the end. To him will I give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of the potter, they shall be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. Well, what's the morning star? It's Jesus, right? You know, all this is speaking really of closer, intimate fellowship with Jesus. And that's what we want, isn't it? We want a greater knowledge of Jesus. We want a greater fellowship with Jesus. And if you overcome, you will feel that Jesus. You will feel that communion with Jesus. You will eat of that tree of life. You will eat of that hidden manna. You will rule and reign with Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. The church at Sardis, Revelation chapter 3 and verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, purity, righteousness. I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Now, this book of life is not the Lamb's book of life. No one's going to be denied before Jesus. That's elect. No one's going to be blotted out of the Lamb's book of life. But don't you want Jesus interceding on your behalf in the throne room of God in the, in, and in the ear of the Father instead of you living in rebellion to God and you living in judgment where Jesus is not as active to intercede on your behalf? I mean, I want Jesus interceding on my behalf. What about you, right? I want him confessing my name before the Father because I need the help of Jesus every day. I need the help of the Father every day. And I want to live in such a way in purity and righteousness. I want to live in a white raiment on a daily basis in godliness by the grace of God so that Jesus will confess and intercede on my behalf before Almighty God. The church of Philadelphia, him that overcometh, I will make a pillar. Don't you want to be a strong, stable, dependable pillar in the house of God? I do. I, I pray by God's grace that my faith will not falter, that my faith will overcome, and that I can be a stabilizing pillar that the Lord can build around. I want to be a pillar the Lord can build around. Him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. I will write upon him the name of my God. Isn't that something to think about, that Jesus will write? Now, we're already his, right? We're already sealed, but I will write upon him the name of my God. That's some of that sealing of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? And the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Isn't that interesting? I mean, we know that God has written on us in our heart, his laws in our heart in the new birth. But this is talking about another writing. Jesus says, I'm going to write on him the name of my God. I'm going to write on him the name of my city, and I'm going to write upon him my new name. You see, there's a special testimony that these people have. Why? Because Jesus is writing on them this testimony. And then to the church at Laodicea. We know earlier on in those passages that Jesus is outside the church. He's knocking on the door of the church. Will you please let me in? If any man opens the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. And then 
He says on the aftermath of that, Revelation chapter three and verse 21, to him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. So number one, if you overcome and you open the door of fellowship to Jesus, you're gonna sup with Jesus. You're gonna sup with him and he with me. Have that special communion with Jesus. And you're gonna rule and reign with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, the world can be burning down around us, wicked rulers, evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse. And even though the church may be persecuted and even though we may be struggling, I'll tell you, we can rule and reign with Jesus Christ here in the kingdom of heaven and have special communion and fellowship with him when we overcome by faith in a way that we will not have when we're going along to get along and blending into the world, okay? If we are faithful to overcome, God will bless us to rule and reign with him in his spiritual kingdom. It gives this language of him sitting with me in my throne. You know, I, I have this mental picture of Jesus, our elder brother, God the Father, and Jesus picking up his little brother and putting him on the lap of God the Father on the throne. And I don't want to over-spiritualize things, but that's a beautiful scene that he says, I'm going to grant him to sit with me in my throne. To think about a little bitty child of God sitting there in the throne with Jesus Christ. And praise God, one of these days, we're not just going to be sitting in that throne. We are going to be at that throne, casting our crowns at the feet of the Lamb, falling down and worshiping God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, casting our crowns and falling down before that throne, saying, worthy is the Lamb. And boy, we sure look forward to that day. But let's be faithful here while we wait. So overcoming faith. And the only way that we overcome is by the power of Jesus Christ. Now, we've spent a lot of time in this series, and these will all be on Macedonia's website and the Gospel of Grace website. We encourage you to go back and listen to them and learn more, learn more from God's Word about this fight that we are engaged in and how we can fight well. You know, we're in a fight regardless, but we want to fight well. But as we close this, we can't summarize all the points that we've discussed. We would encourage you to go back and listen to those if you feel like that it will be profitable. But be reminded that Satan is a defeated foe, okay? We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors. Satan has been cast down. Satan is going to the lake of fire. And it's only a matter of time before he's defeated, okay? Let's go to Revelation chapter 12. And this is what happened on the cross. Jesus defeated Satan on the cross. And we talked about the language of overcoming. Well, how do we overcome him? How, do, how does our faith overcome Satan? Revelation chapter 12 and in verse 10. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down which accused them before our God day and night, and they overcame him. How do we as the church overcome Satan? They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. That is how we overcome Satan, church. That is how we overcome Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and being committed to the end. And why should we be willing? Don't forget who this was written to in the book of Revelation. The church at Smyrna was 
facing martyrdom. There had already been a member of the church at, I believe, Pergamus that had already been martyred. This is a church, the original audience, that was facing physical death for their faith. And he said, if you overcome, if you are faithful to your last breath, and you love not your lives to the death, God will be honored in that, and you will have a testimony to glorify God. Love not your lives to the death, and you will go immediately into the presence of Jesus. Let's remain faithful in this fight, okay? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9. We know verse 8 very well. We've talked about this quite a few times. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walking up about, seeking whom he may devour. But we haven't read verse 9 enough. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren in the world. Remain steadfast. Remain faithful. Why do we remain faithful? Because Satan is going to the lake of fire. He's a defeated foe. I love Romans chapter 16 and verse 20. Turn to this with me. Romans chapter 16 and in verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. This is one of the last admonitions that Paul gives to the church at Rome in the Roman letter and to us today. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet. Why are we more than conquerors? Through Jesus Christ. We are one with Jesus. We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And when, when Jesus comes back to ultimately pick up Satan and to cast him in the lake of fire, who's coming with him? All of the elect family of God's coming with him. And we are one with Jesus. And we will return. We'll either be transfigured or we will return with Jesus. And Jesus is the captain of our salvation. We'll come back and lead that charge. And Satan will be crushed under our feet. Why is Satan crushed under our feet? It's because we're one with Jesus who has already crushed the head of the serpent and now he's gonna fully cast the remnants of that carcass of Satan down into the lake of fire at the end of time. Praise God, amen? Praise God that we know that we're victors, but we need to act like victors, don't we? We need to fight like victors. We need to fight like conquerors. We don't need to fight and defeat it in this battle. We need to be reminded that we're, we're victors. God has defeated our foe. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ. We're more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Year of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because, why do we overcome in this world? It sure ain't because of us. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you, child of God, than he that's in the world. Jesus is always greater than Satan. <laughs> if you don't take away anything else from these series of messages, you get that straight. Jesus is greater, more powerful, and a conqueror over Satan. Greater is he that's in you, which is Jesus, than he that's in the world, that is Satan. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ and it's only a short period of time in the big scheme of things. I like how Paul said there, the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. You know, it's been 2,000 years since he wrote that. But in the scheme of eternity, it's still not very long. It's just a couple days. Just a couple days. And the light affliction that we might have to endure in the spiritual warfare, oh, it is nothing, child of God. It's nothing 
in weight and in comparison to the eternal weight of glory that we have through the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ, that has defeated our foes in eternity, and he will defeat our foes here in time as well. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly, but until that time, <laughs> until that time that Jesus returns, my prayer for you is the same as Paul's prayer for the church. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, amen. The only way we can fight well, the only way we can overcome, the only way that we don't falter and fail here in this fight, the only hope we have is the grace, the unmerited favor of Jesus Christ, amen. Lord, please give us grace. Lord, please give us grace in this fight, give us strength in this fight, and ultimately to look to the captain of our salvation, to overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and let's be committed unto the end. Love not our lives to the death, ultimately always looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who is our mighty conqueror, who will return the second time without sin unto salvation, and we will reign with Jesus forever into eternity in heaven. Praise God. Praise God for Jesus' salvation on our behalf. Praise God that we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ and he has given us the victory in this battle. We certainly hope that these messages have been a blessing to you. If they have, we give God all the glory for it. And we pray the Lord will richly bless you until we have an opportunity to spend time together again in the word of God. May God bless you. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under Podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, we pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.